The Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Peter came and said to Jesus, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, not seven times, but I tell you, 77 times. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he began the reckoning, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. And as he could not pay, his Lord ordered him to be sold, together with his wife and children and all his possessions and payment to be made. So the slave fell on his knee before him, saying, I have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. Now to pity for him, the Lord of that slave released him and forgave him the debt. But that same slave, as he went out, came upon one of his fellow slaves who owned him, owed him a hundred denarii, and seizing him by the throat, he said, Pay what you owe. Then his fellow slave fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. But he refused. Then he went and threw him into prison until he would pay the debt. When his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their Lord all that had taken place. Then his Lord summoned him and said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his Lord handed him over to be tortured until he would pay his entire debt. So my heavenly Father will also do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. Grace and peace to you from our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I remember taking our then six-year-old daughter, Ellie, to Fenway Park, the Cathedral of Boston, for her very first Red Sox game. <laughs> I can't believe she was that little ever at this point. She's 20 now. Um, we arrived at the park an hour and a half before the game, just so Ellie could have the full Fenway experience. When we got inside, we made right for the concession stands, and we had Fenway Franks and nachos for dinner and cotton candy for dessert. Out on Yawkey Way, the pedestrian street just outside the stadium, we saw Jim Rice filming the Sox pregame show, and I pointed him out to Ellie and said, that's one of the best, best, best Red Sox ever. He's in the Hall of Fame. And Ellie went, oh, like she knew what I was talking about. We went to the souvenir shop, and we got her a pink Red Sox jersey, and somewhere along the line, she got that balloon hat. I can't remember how. We walked around the park. We stood on top of the green monster. We got to our seats just before game time, and I told her all about the ritual of the first pitch and the call to play ball, and I explained the game at its most basic. You get one point when you get somebody all the way around the bases. And we cheered on the socks, and we sang the sacred song, Sweet Caroline, at the eighth inning. And so with great care and deliberateness and joy, I planted the seed and I began the process of instilling in my children a love for the Red Sox, Fenway Park, and Boston sports teams. While we were there at the park, I posted pictures of our visit on Facebook, and a good friend of mine from Divinity School commented on the picture and said, I'm glad to know you're raising your children in the proper faith. And uh, I laughed at that because the Red Sox kind of are a religion. 
And it's been 11 years since we moved from Boston, and it's still going strong. Last week, there was Twins Day at the high school, and Finn and Tess twinned out, both by wearing matching Red Sox jerseys. In the book of Proverbs, it says, Raise your children in the way that they shall go, and they will not depart from it. So far, so good. When you think about it, the way we instill a love for our home teams is not unlike the way that we pass on our faith. We gather at particular times. If we're talking football and church, then it's usually Sundays. We participate in rituals handed down across generations. We have special food. We sing together. We teach the names and stories of our stars and saints who have inspired us. We may wear special clothing. We gather with family and friends and find community with people we've never met before and find a common cause. We celebrate and we commiserate together. As my friend wisely observed, these things are very much connected. It's just that the church has been doing it for 2,000 years. It reminds me of that great line from the movie Bull Durham, which is one of the great sports movies ever, when Annie Savoy says, there are 108 beads in the Catholic rosary and 108 stitches in a baseball. When I heard that, I gave Jesus a chance. That's actually true. There's 108 in each. On this kickoff Sunday, we begin a new church program year, and we celebrate the return of adult faith formation programming like Living Faith, which started today. But much of our attention on this day is focused on the sacred charge that we have for our children and youth to help them experience and encounter the God who loves them beyond measure. Sometimes, as parents and mentors, we wonder how we can help our kids and youth grow in faith. It can feel like something of a mystery. The good news is that we mostly already know how to do it. I see you doing it on the ball fields and at the theater, in classrooms, through music and the arts, in homes and backyards and out in the community, doing your best to raise good humans, letting them know that they're safe and loved, and giving them opportunities to discover who they are through different experiences. We can apply all those same things to church and to our faith. We may, not, we may worry that we don't know enough about the Bible, theology, or church history, but we don't have to know before we start. We can learn along with our kids and youth. In Godly Play, we ask wondering questions about Bible stories so that kids can enter into the story with their imagination and we can center their ideas and their voices. And one question the trainer taught us uh, was when a child asks something we don't know, that we could say, I wonder that too. I wonder that too. Which shifts things from, I'm an adult and I need to know these answers to a moment that can lead to mutual discovery. And the good news is that we have each other. You know, we had three baptisms here last week, and in the baptismal rite, we ask parents to make a lot of promises on behalf of their kids, and it can feel so daunting. But then we ask the godparents if they promise to support this child in their life in Christ, and they say we do. And then we ask the whole congregation if you will support them in their life in Christ, and you say we do. Forming faith is not something that we do by ourselves, but something we do all together because no one can can fulfill those promises alone. Maria Harris writes about this in her classic book about faith formation called Fashion Me a People, 
curriculum in the church. She says that in the church, we've often thought about instilling faith in terms of a curriculum, a course of study like we'd use for a class, a book we're reading in book group, a Bible study curriculum or children's curriculum. But she points out that the entire church is a curriculum. And she says there are five elements that go into that, that go back to Acts 2 in the very beginnings of the church. And she throws in some Greek words here, but don't glaze over. She says the five are kerygma, proclaiming the word of Jesus' resurrection, didache, which is the activity of teaching, liturgia, coming together to pray and represent Jesus in the breaking of the bread, koinonia, or community, and diakonia, caring for those in need. Each of these is part of the shaping and forming of the faith for our kids and youth and adults. In this ecosystem, we are all teachers and learners, givers and receivers. As she says, the whole community is educating and empowering the whole community to engage in ministry in the midst of the world. She writes that we are moving toward a creative vision that sees all facets of the church's life as the church curriculum. All of these elements, proclamation, teaching, worship, community, service, are all elements through which we are formed in the faith. It all belongs, it all speaks, it all teaches. She sums it up this way, saying, the church does not have educational programs. It is an educational program. We all participate, we all contribute, we all learn, we each have a role to play so that our kids and youth, that we and the world would know about this compassionate God that we hear about in our psalm today that Ava read. Lord, you are full of compassion and mercy, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. You have not dealt with us according to our sins, nor repaid us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is your steadfast love for all who fear you. As far as the east is from the west, so far you have removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion for his children, so you have compassion for those who fear you. This is the God that we want our kids to know and love and serve. The one who delights in them and loves them their whole lives long, no matter where they go or what they do or who they become. A God who is always there for them. And we want to be a community that surrounds them with love and cheers them on. Together we grow in the practices of reconciliation and forgiveness like Joseph and his brothers. We grow in mercy and prayer and worship, giving and service, loving and leading, learning and retelling the stories of our faith. We each have a part to play in living our faith so that others can see, offering kind words to parents, learning the names of our youth and children, and supporting the ministries that support them. As we begin a new program year, may God bless our efforts this year, and may God help us to share our faith and be open to the wisdom and wonderings of our children. And may God help our kids and us to be strong and courageous. Amen.